Okay, let's begin our uh, discussion of Parshas Bo. Parshas Bo, Tavshin Pedalid, as we uh, get into what I like to call the uh, triumvirate of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, and Maimon Harsinai. Bo, Bishalach, and, uh, and Yisro. So let us get into Parshas Bo right at the beginning. Vayomar Hashem Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, Bo Paro, uh, come to Paro, Bo El Paro. Uh, instead of saying Leich El Paro, we've discussed that in the past. Bo El Paro, Ki because I hardened his heart. Again, this is by the end of the the, the last few makos. Remember the first few makos, the first five makos. Um, it says Paro hardens his own heart, but here already <coughs> Hashem hardens the heart. Discussed by the Rambam, the Ramban, the Ravid, and others. Laman shisi ososa bekirbo. So that um, I will place my signs in him, in Paro, and therefore uh, there will be amazing miracles and uh, Kiddush Hashem uh, throughout the uh, throughout the uh, civilized world at that time, which was Mitzrayim. If you look in the Pirinia Torah, uh, he asks, Hamafarshim shalu. Madua Hashem yisbarach, hichbet eslev Paro, bechopam harbos b'isim. Why were there so many steps? Why were there ten makos? Right, ten makos. One, two, three. Just give one big extended maka. You have to have a maka and then three weeks off, a week of warning, and, and then breaks in the middle. Just do one big one. You want to do all ten? Okay, do it straight. Boom, boom, boom. One big maka. Until he can't uh, manage it or tolerate it anymore. And then I'll have to give out, send out to Israel. So why, do, why does it split up into stages? Says the Pinea Torah, generally they give, uh, give a mashal. He sometimes quotes the Dubna Magad, here he quotes it one by himself. Somebody's walking in the desert and they find a 10,000 golden coins in a sack. Wow. 10,000 golden coins. They feel amazing. And they're tremendously happy. He has a friend who he sees is in the Midbar also, and he sees down the road. He finds a thousand gold coins. A thousand. The guy's like, oh, I found ten. He finds a thousand. But he was very happy about it. And then that other friend went and found another thousand. And went and found another thousand. Ten times. Ten times he found a thousand gold coins. So by the end of the day, or the end of the time period, they both found ten thousand gold coins. But it's the first guy found it all at once. He found one one sack of ten thousand. And here he found ten times. Yotzemikan. Even though it's in, in both of them, but the the second one went through a uh, a much greater uh, feeling of simcha. Because the first one had had one moment, but the other one, the second one, had ten times. Yeah, each one was only a thousand. But ten times, that makes a greater impression. Maybe there's a greater hakara. Look at where in Yuma. Greater uh, hakara. The same thing one could say about Mitzrayim. Hashem, the whole point, as we read in this week's parsha, well, it's the poor prince of the Makos, that they know that I am in control of the world, that I am uh, in control of uh, in kamoni Right, so many. 
But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thank you, Hashem wanted to make sure that they got the full, the full impression. If Hashem only gave them one extended maka, that will be one stage of recognition. But Hashem wanted to do more. And B'nai Yisrael would have only had one stage of simcha. But no, as they saw their freedom coming step by step, they appreciated it. Because Hashem wanted us to recognize and appreciate every little aspect of the, of the Gula. It's kind of like Dayenu. Right, Dayenu, we don't just say, Hashem, thank you. Thank you for everything. No, no, we go through step by step. Hashem, thank you for giving us the man, and thank you for giving us Shabbos. And thank you for, uh, you know, uh, what we say in Hodel Hashem Kitov also. Because when you focus on the details and you go one by one, when it's separate stages, so then there's more recognition, more simcha, more appreciation. He quotes this, quotes this from the Odeo Sefchai. Reminds me a little bit of the Gemara Mesechas Yuma, where the Gemara discusses why is it that the man fell every single day? Why did fall? Well, what was the other choice? Once a year. Once a year. This is a question that was asked by the Talmidim of Rabshim and Bayachai. Ayin Vavam and Aleph. Uh, once a year. Oh, it would spoil? Hashem could do an ace that it didn't spoil. Just like he did on Shabbos. So why didn't the man fall once a year? So, Amr Lahem, he says, I'll give you a mashal. There's a king that has one son. He gives him an allowance once a year. How many times does the son come to see his father? Once a year. He decided, you know what? I'm only giving you daily allowances. Daily. And he came to see his father every day. So Tukhadash Baruch says, I want to see them every day. Right, if somebody has a bunch of kids, maybe the man's not going to fall tomorrow. There's nothing in the cupboard overnight. There were no midnight snacks. Right, you ate what you needed to eat, and then the next morning you hoped. If the man doesn't fall tomorrow. So they all, they all connect to Gadish Baruch So one also might say, like what we're saying here, if the man fell once, we would have one feeling of thankfulness and recognition to Gadish Baruch Every single day, when we went outside and we saw the man in that beautiful package with a cover and something underneath, we recognize that Hashem gives it to us again. Hashem gives it to us again. And that's like uh, here, why there were so many makas, so the Mitzrayim have the appreciation, and also the Jews uh, have, the, have the simcha. Okay, so we continue. So Moshe and Aaron and come to Paro and they say, Enough already. Enough already. Send down my nation. And if not, Arbe. Arbe locusts. Whatever was left from the hail, the Arbe, the locusts are going to, are going to eat. Um, finally, the Avadim say to Paro, enough, let them go. The Avadim of Paro say, let him free. So, Moshe and come back. So, Paro is finally ready to make a deal. Finally ready to make a deal. Okay, you could go serve Hashem. Who's going? Who's going? 
Years ago, we discussed the clay yakar on this Pasuk. We won't review that, but feel free to look at that again. Miva miyahochim. Vayomer Moshe. Moshe says, Binarenu v'zkerinu nilech. We're going with our young and with our old. Bivanenu bivnasenu. Bitsonenu v'zkerinu nilech. With everybody and everything, kichag Hashem lanu. It's a holiday for our Kodesh Baruch Hu. We don't know what he's going to ask us to do. Vayomer alayhem. And Paro says, no, I don't agree. What does that mean? Right, so the Unkelis has a shot. Rashi says, There's a star that's called Ra'a. I see that that star is coming up against you in the desert. It's the simon of blood. It's not going to be good. So Moshe, I, I see what's going to happen. Why The same word ra'ah. They're going to, people. Hashem's going to be a chil Hashem. That's often how Moshe saved us. It's a chil Hashem. You can't do this. People, the, the nations are going to think that ra'ah had some control. Rashi, the Medrash, connects the word ra'a here and the ra'a by the Egel. Again, he changed the dam to mila. So that's how Rashi uh, tackles the issue of ra'a. But maybe there's another pshat. And then Paro says, not like what you're saying. Just the gvarim, just the men. Who does the service? What's the nukudas machlokas here between Moshe and Aaron and Paro? What's the nukudas machlokas? What does Paro say? Says the Shemanatov. Says the Shemanatov here in the fourth volume. I think this is of the uh, of the Shemanatov. Line five. Paro wanted to send out the, those between 20 and 60. He sees Ra'a, 20 and 60. What's the Ra'a that he sees? He sees that they're all going to die in the desert. Right? 2060, the Maraglim. Our enemy knows the power of the Jew is the Shalshelas Hamasora. The binding of the generations going from, from grandfather to son to grandchild. And, and they, were, they try to uproot this. They don't try to just kill us physically. But they try to uproot the Misorah. Paro says, yeah, I see in my stars that all the 20 to 60 year old men, they're going to die in the desert. So you could go out and then leave the older and the younger. Because if you just leave the older and the younger, the, the nation's not going to survive. Because there's going to be too much of a generation gap. Now, it's hard enough for parents and children to find a common ground in terms of the generation 
Generation gap. Grandparents and grandchildren, says the Shem Atov, says that's what Parah was getting at. He was trying to uproot this connection of Doros. And that's why he says, the middle generation could go out, because I see in the stars, they're all going to die. So what's going to be left in this nation? Just the old and the young. That's going to uproot any connection. The Mesorah will be uprooted. When we uproot that, the connection, there is desolation. What do we say Three generations. And that was the Rishus of Paro. He was trying to uproot our connection uh, to each other. To each other. I'm sorry, that middle uh, group from Ben Chav to Samachu, that is the connector. That is the connector um, between the generations. Line 16. Right, we need to be connected to the previous story. He says how hard it was after World War II when so many, when so many were, did not survive. And we had to somehow reinvent the Misora that we lost in Europe. He says, Kodesh did us a chesed that there were some, there were those that stood out that connected us to the previous generation. Because that's what we're about. That's what we're about. Line 21 towards the bottom. Moshe. Moshe says, no, no, no. What, you want just the, just the Gvarim? 20 to 16? No, no. You're mistaken. We're going out with everyone. Because we want, we need everybody to go, to go out. Says the Shem Atov towards the end, he said, maybe this is also explains this idea of, of, uh, guarding and protecting the Misora also explains a line in Chazal that we're familiar with. Right, later on in the Parsha it says, now in the source number three on top, Many have trampled and tried to explain. Right, speak to the people, Hashem says to Moshe, make sure they take out the gold and the silver and, and all of the spoils and the booty. Ubiru Chazal, and Chazal say, Shalo Yomar Osot Sadik. So that Sadik, Avram Avinu, shouldn't say, Va'avadim ve'inu osam ki'im bohem. Oh, the first part of Bisbet of Asarim was fulfilled. The subjugation. Ve'acharkach yeitzi b'rechush gadol u'ki'im. But the rechush gadol wasn't mekuyim. What's the emphasis? What, Avram's going to have a taina? What does that mean? L'fi'anal explains the Shem Anatov. Maybe it means that we had a mis- It's not just Avram Avinu. It's us. It's the generation of Mitzrayim. They had a Mitzorah exactly what was meant to happen all the way back to Avram Avinu. There was a promise and it was handed down. So they know exactly what is supposed to happen. If it doesn't happen, that will, that will shake the Mitzorah and the connection that we have to the previous Doros. Where's the Rechush Gadol? That was part of the promise. And that's what we have to do. We have to recognize what Parah wanted to do was to uproot the connection that spans generations. And what Moshe says, no, no, no. We have from grandfather to father to child to grandchild, all the generations connected. All the generations connected. 
That is uh, what we are proud of and what keeps our nation, what keeps our nation going. Okay. Getting back towards the, uh, again, the first conversation. This parasha talks about the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Right, we have the Lashon of Lomata Saper in the second Pasuk, Ba'aznei Bincha, Sipur. And we know the mitzvah is formulated, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. There's the mitzvah of Zechiras Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is every day of our lives and every night of our lives. We say the third parsha of Kriyashma uh, as the mitzvah of Zechira. That might be included in the mitzvah of Kriyashma, the Rambam. But there's also the mitzvah, as we know, of Sipur, which is specifically on Tesvav Nisan, the night of Pesach, to say over. So I think we mentioned this a number of years ago in a Haggadah year, but here we'll mention it here in Parsha's Bo from Rev Salvechik. Rev Salvechik knows the word Sipur, Lisaper, that comes from the word Saper to recount. Right, Lisaper, you recount something. The word is also related to the noun Sofer, a scribe, right, or the word Sefer. Sefer, a Sofer writes a Sefer and there's Saper. The common etymological root of these words suggests that a story can be transmitted orally as well as through the written word, right? Lisaper is to tell over and Sefer is to write over. Says the Rav Megillus Esther, as an example, Chazal tell us is both an Igeres and a Sefer. Igeres a letter and a Sefer a book. The difference between Igeres and a Sefer is that an Igeris is written to less exacting standards than a Sefer. As we know, um, some people, uh, some Megillas have crowns on top, right, of every column. How can you have crowns on top? How do you like, you can't write in a Sefer Torah. It's an Igeris, there's more flexibility. Even if you're missing, you know, 49% of the Megillas rubbed out, it's okay, it's still kosher. As long as you're not missing a whole se- section and you're not missing the first, the beginning and the end of the Sefer. Okay, but there's a lot more flexibility because it's an Igeris. There's a difference between the purpose of an Igeris and the purpose of a Sefer. Megillus Esther has a little of both. A letter connotes something that is not crafted with care since it is routinely discarded after being read. Right, Igeris, you throw out after you read an Igeris. Not the Igeris or Ramban, but generally in Igeris. A Sefer, on the other hand, must be written on parchment and is permanent. No superfluous words or letters. A Sefer is exact. A sefer is different than an Igeris. Now, Rav Salvesha quotes from Chazal. We know the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos t- tells us, again, this phrase might have always bothered, bothered a number of Afarshim and bothers the reader. When we look at the amazing miracles that happened um, at Bein Hashmashos, right before, right before the Mice of Rations was finished, it talks about there the... the um, the donkey of Bilam and uh, the, the the ground opening up. There are a couple of amazing miracles, but also it says there, Haktav v'hamichtav, which are unclear. What does that mean? The the divine quill, Haktav v'hamichtav, or the machtev, the ability to write. What does that mean? Says the Rav. Says Rav Salvechik that the seemingly prosaic writing skill appears in this list of otherwise supernatural items. What does writing have to do with these nisim? suggests that there is something extraordinary in the ability to record an idea or event and preserve it thousands of years into the future. Right? It's pretty miraculous when we read about something that happened thousands of years ago and we relive and we re-experience. It's the written word. It's the written word that has a mind of its own and takes the 
event and passes it down. Passes it down. The written word allows us to delve into man's thoughts and identify with them. Right? When we look at the writing, we connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to Moshe Rabbeinu. When we study Chumash, we are not merely learning of events that took place thousands of years ago. Right? As a child in Cheder, and we have to be like the Rav Solveitchik, you know, to get into what we're learning. As a child in Cheder, I studied the Parsha of Lech Lecha towards the beginning of the school year, during the raw Polish autumn. As I trudged through the muddy streets to school, I imagined how Avram traveled to Canaan under similar circumstances. As a young boy, I lived with the drama of the Akedah and the tragedy of Sarah's death. My heart pounded in fear. Perhaps Esav would return early from the hunt before Yitzchak completed his bracha and Yaakov would be caught red-handed. You, you get into the story. And that's the Ketav and the Michtav. The Ketav and the Michtav is the power of the written word as it goes to the... Next generation. Right? This kind of connects to the uh, previous thought that we were just talking about. Today we experience what is popularly referred to as a generation gap. Children can find no meaning in their parents' experiences, have difficulty identifying with people, and events that took place only 20 years earlier. But we could go back thousands of years through the written word. And that's what Sefer is, but that's what Sipur is. It's the same idea, Lissaper. And now he says beautifully, when you're misaper something, and the chiv of a parent to a child, or anyone fulfilling the mitzvah of Sibri Tzitz is to be a scribe. To, in, to inscribe this experience on the heart of our children, our grandchildren, our listeners. That the son should be the sefer upon which the father writes. The foremost task of a father is to be a sofer, to transform his son into a book upon which he indelibly writes indelibly a book that will survive him and he imparted, be imparted to succeeding generations. And that's what we have to do. L'saper is not just to say over a story, to say it over in a way that it stays with the child, that it shapes the child and the child will give it to his, to his uh, children, the next generation. And that's why he says amazingly, the people of the book does not signify a nation that reads books. It's a nation whose very being is a book. We are meant to be books, which means we take what we, what was written upon us, by the previous generations, and we pass it on to the next generation. That's Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim. Okay. Moving right along. Still talking about, the, okay, again, we can save all of this for, uh, I think we mentioned that a couple of years ago. But let's get into the thought of the Halekek Vahalibuf. Halekek Vahalibuf, Rav Shor, um, is Medayek, and the Ramban says this also, and it's also at the beginning of the, uh, of the Parsha, that part of Sibri Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is obviously telling over the Nisim and telling over Kriyas Yamsuf according to Chazal. That's also part of Sibri Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. But also, at the beginning of our Parsha, what does the first Pasuk say? Hashem hardened Paro's heart. Hechbadati is libo. And right afterwards it says, Tell over the story. As if, and he quotes this from the Ramban, part of the mitzvah of Sipur is to describe how Hashem hardened Paro's heart. That's the first two psukim. And the question is, what's the message of that? It's kind of like, you know, it's hard to explain that. We had a sheer last Shabbos about it. What is it? Hashem hardened Paro's heart. They take away Bechir Chavshis. So having that as part of Sipur is a little difficult. So what, what's the message? What's the message of this Nikuda, of this point of 
telling over the story. Nira Bepashas line four, Bepashas Akrad, the Pashas of, of the Pasik, Lafiza, Kiyeshchiyev Sipur al Inyan Hachbadas Halev. There's an Inyan to say over, right? The, the, the harding of the heart. What's the message? So he says it based on the Svasemis. Based on the Svasemis. Says the Svasemis. The Yesh Lomod Kalvachomer, Mimashech, Bid Kakarish Berchulev Paro. Al Yadesh Lorazalachniat, Malashem Yisbarach, Bid Chila. Paro took the first few steps himself. And then Hashem helped him along the way. He was stubborn. He was an auction. He didn't want to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hand five times. Dam, If you go in a certain direction, Hashem's going to help you out. Whatever direction that is. Eventually, maybe he would have wanted to naturally. Hashem helps you out. Try really hard. Paro tried really hard. And he was successful in ignoring God and in denying Hashem. So what did Hashem do? I'll help you out. That's the direction you want to go to. Right? What does the Chazal say? So here too, says Obviously, Mitatova is even greater. If it works for evil, it definitely works for good. B'nei Yisrael want to do tshuva. Where we really want to go. So we try and we try and we try and then we fall. But Hashem knows what we really want to do, what direction we're going in. He's going to give us special hashgacha. He gave Paro special hashgacha in one direction. He could give us special hashgacha in another direction. Nimsa, the bottom of the column. Leda, just Go in a direction, Hashem's gonna help you out. Message number one, based on this Fasemis. Says Rav Shur now, maybe you could add on. Could even add on. There's another idea here. Another idea. You know what you see from Paro? Paro got hit. Paro got got uh, got punched in the face, so to speak. Maka after maka. And yet, even after he was down, he got hold of himself. He got his composure back and got up and said, "No, I can do this." And he got up and he again denied Hakadosh Baruch we could also. We get hit, we get pushed, we get knocked down, get your composure, and get back up. You know what you want to do. The Yitzhahara knocks us down, we could get up again. We keep getting pushed. Don't give up. Right? Don't think you can't do it. You know, Paro might have thought, oh, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's too hard for me. Paro didn't say that. Paro was like, I'm going to push. I'm going to, he got up. And he went against his Yetzir Tov, so to speak. Paro, I got a Maka, I'm going to fight. And so too, after we get Makas, we could also fight. We could also fight. 
And then he adds al derech haremez. We know in Shiras Hayam, right, the five five words in a row that start with an aleph. Amar oyever dof, right, the enemy says, I will run. Asig, I will capture. Achalek shalol, and then I will split up the spoils. Laachar kalamakas, even after the Mitzrayim, after everything, even makas bechoros, there was still an avelus. They forgot. They forgot what happened. They're running again. After all the makas, what are they doing? They still were able to get up and go. How were they able to do that? See, what's the remez with five olives in a row? Aleph means a new beginning. It's the first letter. It's a haschala. They were able to do that because they, it's a new beginning. Every day, yeah, we realize that they, his chachus. Everything in life, the power of his chachus. Isa b'svaram ki ish chamish alfin zeach hazeh barashi tevis. V'nir lo maderach remes ki alef mora al haschala. Beginnings. Lahaschil oda pamereshis. Start again. Start again. And that was their power. Yeah, we went through the makas. Start again. V'koach lachar kolat laos. After all of what they went through. Ulachar kolan afilos. Lahaschil michadish to start again. To start over again and again and again. That's the Alephs. Over and over. Then he says, the, a, a remez, on top of a remez. He says, why dafka five times? Why dafka five times? Right? Five. He says, It's a chlokis, whether you become a muad on the third time or on the fourth time. Right? So let's say, after three times, now you're a muad. So you're already a muad. You're already... Mitragel, you're already accustomed. This is your way. And you know what? There's another Aleph. He can still start again. Even after becoming a Muad, so set in one's ways, like a Shar Muad, you can have another Aleph after that. Five Alephs. The Choshev Adam, Kikfara Yedea Hergo, Lasos Dvarim Lotovim, Hunasekfar Kitevashalo. It's second nature. I, I can't change. I can't, I can't do differently. This is how I bench. I can't bench any better. Right? This is me. This is what I do. Muadus. I can't get out of my muad state. There's five alphs. Right? You become a muad. Aleph. Aleph. It's okay. There's still another aleph. And that's the power of his chachus, the power of, of, um, what we learn from Paro. What we learn from Paro, what do we learn? Number one, that Hashem helps you out in the direction that you're going. Right, power was going in a certain direction. Hashem helped him out. Made him even stronger in that direction. Number two, even when you're down and out, Paro got up. Right? Paro did not go down. It's like a, 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 a boxing match. He got pushed to the ground. He kept getting up. He, kept, he stayed down for a little bit. He thought he was going to give in and give up. No, he got up again. So we could always get up again. We could always get up again and... The power of all of that to do that is with the olives, the five olives. Omar Aryo of the enemy. How was the enemy? How were they able to come and, and fight after everything they went through? They looked at it as, uh, as new beginnings. New beginnings. Omar Aryo Verdov. Okay. So we continue with the, uh, the Parsha. Moshe and Aaron. We have Arba and Choshech. And now we have Akas Bacharus. So Machas Bechoros, in the warning of Machas Bechoros, Hashem says to Moshe, Od nega echad avi al parva mitzrayim. One more nega. 
One more nega, and then you're gonna, they're going to send you out. But this is what we referred to before. Ask the people, Make sure they take out gold and silver. Make sure they take out spoils. And they did. And as we alluded to before, what exactly was the purpose of this? And why did Hashem beg them to take it? So we had one idea earlier. You remember a number of years ago, a number of years ago we had, uh, we discussed the Aznaim Latoris thought on this, Rav Sarutskin, who says, I didn't, we didn't understand this, this uh, Chazal until our generation. German reparations. Do you take them? Do you not take them? Are you making them feel like they're getting a kapara? Or you don't want to touch anything from them? Or take them? Or it's not a gamyarashtop? Do you, yes or no? It's, it's, uh, it's not so clear. So that was the machlokas in those days. Do you take anything from the Mitzrayim? Or I don't want to touch it. It says full of blood, all their stuff. So that's what was going on there. Hashem says, I promised Avraham. Okay. But there's another idea here. Let's look in the words of the Mishnah Sachir. Mishnah Sachir of Tachtel, the author of the Ema Banim Smecha. Says the Mishnah Sachir. Let's just repeat the question. Right, the Gemara says, it's not, it's a please. It's a Lashon of Bakasha. Please ask them to take stuff. These were Avadim that had nothing. You had to ask them to take gold and silver? Like, why wouldn't they want to take? Right, why wouldn't they want to take? So he says, beautiful. There was a message here about Judaism that Hashem was giving them that was very revolutionary in the world. Very revolutionary. It's all embedded in this Pasuk. In this Pasuk of take the gold and the silver and the stuff, the Gashmias. So he quotes a parallel, he quotes the Savior Bino Le'itim, who explains a Pasuk in Nechemiah, and then the Mishnah Sacher is going to use that same idea to explain our Pasuk. The Pasuk in Nechemiah, Sha'amar Yisrael Bar Rosh Hashanah. Right, on Rosh Hashanah, Nechemiah told them, Al tis'ablu v'al tivku. It's, it's a day of judgment, but you know what? Don't be sad. Don't be upset. Ki kadosh hayom Hashem. It's a yantif. It's a day to eat and drink. Ki bochim kalam b'shamem Torah. Right, they were all nervous. They heard the Torah and they thought, Ay vey, what have we been doing? V'amr lehem and Nechemiah tells them, L'chu ishmu mashmanim shetubam takim. Eat, drink. Ki kadosh hayom adinim. It's a holy day and this is how we deal with holy days. Eating and drinking. V'yal te'atzvu. Ki chedvas Hashem yima uzchem. Don't be upset. What's the message? Ezra Nechem Yeratsu, Shorts Shalozu Bilvachi Kachu Asayomazet Mashir Chiku, Evel Vaatsvus Melehem. The point isn't not just, just to get out of mourning and sadness, but you gotta be the Simcha. Odiasu, Simcha Befoel Baachlam Mashman Lakavadayom. Eat, eat good food, eat good food on Judgment Day? On Rosh Hashanah? Is that appropriate? I know what holiness is. Holiness means precious. Holiness means staying away from Gashmias. You're telling me to eat and have a big meal? They thought that B'nai Yisrael would, would uh, refuse. They were feeling inspired and spiritual. So, Ezra Nechemia, they were nervous that B'nai Sol would be bo'et. They would reject eating and drinking. No, that's not spiritual. That's Gashmias. 
So they had to say, no, no, no. This is, this is what holiness is. Take your food and drink and sanctify it. And that's what you could do even on a Rosh Hashanah. Even on a Rosh Hashanah. That's what he continues. Okay, in the next column, right? Be, be celebrate, celebrate with with um, with the food. Says the Mishnah Sacher. Then, now turning the page, that's the Bina Leitim about Ezra Nachemia. Says the Mishnah Sacher. Maybe it's the same idea regarding. This pasuk, Hashem says, make sure they take out gold and silver and gashmiya stuff. Why? Bnei Israel are about to become an am, and they're about to live a life of kedusha. So what's kedusha? Doesn't it mean precious, not eating, not drinking, just being angelic? You know what this pasuk tells us? No, no, no. Take out all the stuff and sanctify your life with it, because that's what my religion is about. Ki hayalachem shalem Hashem. Malayim Avav Yira Sashamayim Lashem. They were full of Avan Yira. Viyadua Kimiteva Ashiras Lakhtiasam. They were nervous. Riches? Ashiras? Doesn't that bring one away from Akarish Barakhu? Al Kain. Hayo Yurayam Lanafsham. Lakakas Kesevizov. Kiulayazik Lahem. They were nervous. They were like, I think it's a little, I don't want to take this gold and silver. Maybe Khalid Tavera. Al Kain Amar Akarish Barakhu Lamosha Shia Daber Baaznehem. Don't be upset. Don't be nervous. Again, you have to sanctify. You have to sanctify. Once read somewhere that, you know, there are two ways, and there are different drachim in Avodah Hashem. We obviously have to be Makadish the Chomer. But do you look at life, do you look at everything in life as a potential mine? Life is a minefield. You gotta like step carefully. Is that how you look at life? Or do you look at life as opportunities in the field? So there are those that are different drachim, that are, uh, you know, got to make sure, maybe Slobodka Navardic, maybe, uh, you know, different, uh, different ways, Yira and Ava. But ultimately, we have to be involved in this world. And that's what suggests the Mishnah Sachir, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying here. V'tia kavanasam b'lakichas ha-kesev azav rak lo bilvado. If you take it for your own benefit, then fine. It's going to lead you astray. But if you take it l'shem shamayim, sorry, uh, if you take it l'shem shamayim, then obviously there's nothing to worry about, and you just have to use it properly. Use it properly, and that's what he says in the last paragraph. You can have the same action, and it depends what your kavana is. If you, do, you use it in purity to serve Hashem, then eating, drinking, it can be sanctified. And that's the message of this Pasuk. Know what the Jewish religion is about. Know what it's about. The Gemara in Psachim, many familiar with the Gemara, it's in the beginning of the second paragraph of Beitza also. How to participate and celebrate Yantif. How to participate in Do you have a choice? You could be all spiritual or all physical. Or we paskin, chati chati. But then the Gemara says there are three exceptions to the rule. That everybody agrees you can't just be spiritual. You can't, you don't have a choice. You have to have some lachem. Three days, Shabbos. Purim and Shavuos. 
Shvuis. So Shabbos is only Shabbos. And Purim, okay, you may mishtav simcha. But Shvuis, why is Shvuis a day that you have to eat? Says the Gemara. Why is that? Hakomodim be Atzeres. It's the day that we got the Torah. And therefore, day that we got the Torah, says Rashi, Sheyismach bo b'machol u to be happy with eating and drinking, laharos to show, shenoach u mekubal yom zeli yisrael shenitna tarabo. We're happy and we're satisfied and we accept. So why throw a party with physical food? Because we recognize the goal and the uniqueness of Judaism. Like Kashbarah told B'nai Yisrael, make sure you take out the gold and the silver. Meaning, again, for, for holy purposes, right? There's also the Nisayon of Ashiris, for sure. There's the Nisayon of Ashiris. But if it, as long as it's used properly, it can, um, it can do wonders. Okay. Moving right along, we get to Makas Bechoros. Right? The final Maka. The only Maka that's called by a Maka. We don't say Makas Barad. We do. We say all the Makas, but Makas Bechoros is called Makas Bechoros. So one of the details that we mentioned in the Haggadah already, is that Hashem did, Hashem did Makas Bechoros by himself. Right? He did it uniquely. Right? A Perak Yudbeis, that's a Chodesh Hazel Lachem, Perak Yudbeis, Pasuk, Chav Gimel. V'avar Hashem, right? You should take the blood and put it on the uh, the doorpost. V'avar Hashem, L'gofes Mitzrayim. Hashem will pass through to smite the Egyptians. V'ra es Hadam alam Ashkov, Yashem Mezuzos. And Hashem, Kaviyacho, will see the blood on the, on the, uh, the lintels, ufasach Hashem ala Pesach. Hashem will pass over, velo yitin ha-mashchis, lavo abotechem l'ngov. And he won't let the mashchis to enter the house. So the Mepharshim already bothered. How do you read this Pasuk? V'yavar Hashem, Hashem is the one passing through. Hashem's going to do it again. Ani velo malach, ani velo saraf, ani, 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 v'avar Hashem. And then the next, the end of the Pasuk says, and Hashem won't let the mashchis, which sounds like there's some type of indirect, the mashchis. Right, the mashchis is not mavchin bein 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 tzadik l'rasha. So how do you read the pasuk? So is the pasuk vavar Hashem or is it the mashchis? Says the maral diskin, maral diskin, the medrash is coming to answer this question. Ease of a medrash rabba. I probably should have just read the medrash and then asked the question and asked what the medrash is bothered by and then. But either way, you have it here. Ease of a medrash on the pasuk. Lingof. What does it mean, lingof? I won't let the mashkos lingof melamed shaaf hamuubaros shahayiruuyos leilaid hipilav amesu haimahos. Not only were the firstborns uh, killed, but the Egyptian women who were pregnant with firstborns were also killed. These Egyptian women who also tortured and killed many Jewish babies and many Jewish. It wasn't just the firstborns; it was even the uterine firstborns. That's the medrash. How does the medrash know that from this pasuk? The Pasuk just says that Makas Bacharos. Where does the Medrash see in this Pasuk that that also took place? Venira Levar Dasa Medrash says the Maral Diskin. The Medrash was bothered by this problem that we pointed out. At the beginning, just Hashem, Hashem v'lo Malach, Hashem v'lo Sarf, like we say in Nagada. What's the Mashkis doing there? Indirect. There were two parts to the maka. Direct and, and indirect. Hashem did the Bechoris themselves. Makas Bechorim Gufayhu. That was Hashem. And 
you don't need the Hashem to um, recognize the blood. But number two was the mothers. Those Bechor that weren't born yet weren't really included in Makas Bechoros that Hashem was doing. That's why that was regular Misa through the Mashkas. The mother died, and once the mother died, then Memela, the baby is a Bechor because the mother's not around anymore, and then Makas Bechoros. He nay, so he says, maybe that's why the Medrash is answering the question. Right, the Maka was by Akadish Baruchu, and the Mashchis also. The Mashchis killed the mothers, and then Akadish Baruchu took care of the Bechar. Okay, that's just a detail on the Pasik and a shot of the Medrash. Let's finish off, though, with something that connects to what we said earlier, but it's from the Sefer Lachsos Benoam Hashem. At the end of the parsha, we have the mitzvah of tefillin, many other mitzvahs, including Pidyon Aben and Petr Chamor. Petr Chamor, right? The donkeys, the firstborn donkeys, have a status. They don't have kedusha. They can't be kedusha onto a non-kosher animal, but they can be a status. The firstborn sheep, that's a bechor, that's a carbon. Firstborn donkey, the mitzvah is I have to switch it with the sheep and give the sheep to the kohen. Right, Every petach hamor, the firstborn donkey, you shall redeem with a with a sheep. So I'll pidrush. I'll call Yehudi v'Yehudi mutalas achova lekarev zebrios latorah. Every Jew has a chiv to share and to uplift others. To uplift others, kol echad kefi yecholto. Everyone according to their own power. Whatever we have the power to do. V'lo lasheves sha'anan v'lomar. And not say, well, I'm good. I learn, I daven. And what do, what do I have to worry about anybody else for? I'm perfect, I'm good, I'm serving Hashem. Lo. We have to inspire others. Family members, friends, neighborhood. To show them the beauty and the light. And even if the person seems so far away, so far away from any connection, don't be, don't be shocked. Don't be upset. Just try. Little by little. Sometimes they have certain values, you know, that are, that are good. But either way, even if somebody is very far away, don't give up. And that's, Alluded to maybe in this pasuk, this pasuk, because he quotes from the, one of the briskarovs that a donkey has two simani tuma. Not unlike the camel and unlike the pig, the pig has split hooves but doesn't chew its cud. The camel doesn't have split hooves but chews its cud. That's one of each. The pig, the chamor has two simani tuma. The tuma sobo letas yosim tuma zachazir vagamal. And yet the Torah says kadesh. The chamor, the chamor, you're going to do a mitzvah with. Take that chamor that has two simani tuma and do a mitzvah with it. Dafgala chamor, the chopeta chamor tiftevaset. Redeem it. Use it for a mitzvah. Kilafamim, misha tuma. So gluya, sometimes if somebody is totally anti and so far, it's even a little easier than the ones that are closer in. 
that know a little bit, right? Is it, is it easier to create a Baal out of somebody who was never from or somebody who was from and went off? A little tricky. A little tricky. But either way, even, even someone who has, has two simani tuma, they're so far, one can still bring it in. Ah, kamuvan. And he says, which is good, um, good advice in general, when we're trying to bring somebody back, don't start off with theology. Don't start off with talking about God and mitzvot. Just give them a nice vart. Give them a nice vart on the parsha that has to do with values. That's what you gotta do. Make this, soften them up, open their hearts, and in that way they could do it. So the last mitzvah in the parsha, one of the last mitzvahs is even the chamar, do a mitzvah with. Right? Even someone who has two simani tuma so far, they could be makurav and they could be inspired. And just to quote what we said earlier, we have to be a sofer for them too. Right? We have to write on their hearts in order that they could pass it down to the next generation as well. Okay? We'll stop here.